I'm going to be speaking a little bit about the early church. We're going to look at the early church's role in missions work today, and we're going to look at a few passages. There's one more passage that I did not add there, which is um, X um, in the 20s. We'll read it towards the end, but there's a passage there. I'll add it towards the end for you guys, uh, some that I thought about last night while I was lying in bed. I'm like, oh, man, should have, but I'd already done this, so you forgive me for that. So we're going to start in Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 3. And the, and the reason why we are talking about what we're talking about today, I want us to see that it didn't start with Broadway or it's not a new thing that the church is involved in missions. We want to see how the church is involved in God's mission for the world. It's easy for us to see this here that we do and not remember that this is something that we have learned from the early church. And so I want us to take us back a little bit today. It's going to be more of like going back in history and pointing out places and times where we see the church involved in missions. I'm not going to point all of them. I've got only four things that I'm going to point today, and there is a lot of them. But I want you to walk with me as we point out those things. So I'll start in Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 3. It reads as follows. Now in the church... That was at Antioch. There were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon, who was called Niger, uh, Lucius of Cyrene, Manem, who has been brought up in the, in, with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, uh, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate from, to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So we meet the church here in Antioch. This is Antioch is the first city that we hear Christians, we're first called Christians, where the world identified the believers as Christians because they walked like Christ. There were so much good witnesses that the word Christian started not by the church. The church didn't say, we are Christians. The world said, those people are many Christ's. They walk like Christ. They represent Christ well. So starting it from there, from that church, that was a witness. We see the first missionaries being sent out. This is very interesting for me because there's all these gifts in the church. We hear that they were teachers and prophets and they named some of them and all that. I like the, the guy, Simeon. Um, because they say that uh, his last name means black and presumably he could have been um, the black guy who carried the cross of Jesus. I had to throw that in because, you know, you know it's exciting for me. So <laughs> there we go. And then he says, um, we hear it here that in this church where all those things have been happening, where Jesus had been represented so well that the believers started to be called Christians, they ministered to the Lord together. As they ministered to the Lord together, I want us to stop there for a minute and think about this. This is a very important thing because ministering to the Lord is one of the most important things we can do as believers. Romans 12.1 I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is your reasonable service. They ministered to the Lord in, in a way. 
But also, not only did they minister to the Lord, they ministered to each other as a congregation because we hear that there were teachers, there were prophets. So there was all this ministering to one another. While the body ministers to one another, we also minister to the Lord. We perform our priestly duties as a church, and we see that in that church. And ministering to the Lord speaks of doing things that please him, things that honor him. It speaks of things that are worth of worship, praise, prayer, listening, and honoring to God. That's ministering to God. And while they were doing those things, it's like these are normal things that they were doing. While they were doing the normal mundane things, which is the normal thing for the church, which is to minister to one another and minister to the Lord, the Holy Spirit said to them, now separate to me. Barnabas and Paul, for the, for the work that I've called them to, so in this time of ministering, the Holy Spirit instructs the church to separate to him. But I like the way that he says now separate because, remember, Paul knew already what he had been called to do. When he had his uh, Damascus experience, the Lord told um, the gentleman who went to pray for him, was it Simeon? I've forgotten who it was. And he, went, and he said to him, go to and pray for him and he said no Lord he, don't you he know that he's been horrible and he says no he's a chosen vessel for me so he knew that there was this plan but God has had his own timing and at the right time God says now it is the time to separate these two for me and so at that time God does that in the work of missions there is a set time where God calls somebody and sends them and he calls them and sends them at this time. He says, separate to God. And separating to God speaks of being separate from other things too that might hold us from doing what God has called us to do. For some people, for some missionaries when they leave, is separating with their properties, is selling their homes so they can go. So some missionaries, it's separating from their jobs. I don't know if you remember... The Chevrons, when they left, they were the last missionaries that we sent out as a church. Separating from their jobs, giving that up to go because they have been called. When missionaries are called, they say no to some things that hold them tied in the spot. And they are separate enough to go and do what God has called them to do. And they say separate them for the work which I have called them. God has a specific work. God has a specific work, not just for the missionaries, but for all of us. But in this space, place, he's talking about missionaries, and he says, separate them from the work which I have called them. God has called missionaries in different places for a specific work. No missionary just goes there without a specific thing that they're going to do. They don't just go and say, oh, okay, we'll find out when we get there. No, they might not know the specific details, but they know that they are called to go there for a reason. God has a reason. God has a work. And he says to them, separate for me these two because for the work which I have called them. Paul says later in Ephesians chapter 2.10, for we are God's worksmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God had prepared uh, beforehand that we should walk in them. These works and these things that we are called to do are prepared for us. Some people are called into missionary work when they are young, when they're in youth group, when they're in kids' church. Some people are called into mission work when they are older. The Harrises, for example, 
called into missionaries in their 70s. God is no respecter of age then. God has got a work that he is prepared, and he wants us to step into that work, and we see the missionaries stepping into that work. And then there are a few things that we see here that the church does as they help Paul, um, Barnabas and Saul. And then it says, and then having fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. Three things that are important there is that they fasted and prayed. When we are going to send people, when the church sends people, they are sent through prayer. And fasting speaks of dedication to that. Cutting loose of all the other ties. Separating. It's not only the missionary that is separated. The church is separated by fasting and prayer too. As they pray for these missionaries that are being sent. And I want to encourage us as Broadway... When last have you had time to fast and pray for the missionaries that we have sent? The whole work of missions work requires dependence on God. Therefore, fasting is a picture of that dependence on God. And our missionaries, as they are sent, they are sent into the field. They are sent, Jesus uses the example, he says, I send you, I send you like sheep among wolves. They are sent into the world. They are sent away from home. They don't have the comforts of being at home, and they need our prayer. It says they prayed and fasted, and they demonstrated that dependence on God by prayer and fasting. Number two, they laid hands on them. They laid hands on them. This is a form of commissioning to the work. We could say they were being ordained to go. They are passing on. They are saying, we are with you by laying hands. When you are hurting and somebody comes and lay their hand on you, they are saying, I am with you. I am walking with you. So we see it here when this happens. They are praying for them and they are sending them out. There is a picture that comes to mind for me. is the whole thing that we go out and weeping and we come out, we come back carrying sheaves with joy. They are sent out and weeping with all this, oh man, this is going to be so hard. We are not promising you that it's going to be easy, but we are with you as much as the Lord is with you. As we lay hands and commission you and send you, we are going with you. Broadway, as you're sitting here, you are, part of you is gone with those missionaries that we sent. And if part of us is gone with those missionaries that we sent, we should be praying for them. We should be upholding them in prayer. So they lay their hands on them, they ordain them. It's weird that this church is the first church where we see not accidental missionaries. Like the missionaries after Jesus is gone, this is the first time we see missionaries being sent with an objective. Before, they stayed in Jerusalem until um, all these things got really bad, and then when the things got bad, they got scattered. It was accidental. It was like, okay, you're not moving, I'll push you to move. But at this point, we see them at a place where the Holy Spirit tells them, I have these two that I want you to confirm and to send. And then the Bible, then the third thing that goes there is that they sent them away. They were supported by that congregation that sent them away. And as we send people away as Broadway, 
We need to be with them and walk with them and pray with them and support them. This is the first time the use of the word missionary, which comes from Latin, seems to fit very well because they are sent away. They are sent to go and do a mission. We don't hear that they had a, a group that decided whether, yeah, we're going to do this or not. No, they were in one accord. The church agreed to send them. We don't hear that they had a, a map or strategies or before they sent. No, they sent them because the Holy Spirit had said it. They sent them in obedience. The Holy Spirit calls people, and the call is confirmed by the church. The Holy Spirit sends people, and the send is confirmed by the church. Our work as believers here is to confirm that call and send. And we confirm it, yes, by laying hands, praying for them, laying hands on them, sending them out, but we confirm it by being there with them in the field. Let's see how they are there with them in the field. Let's move on to Philippians 1. Three to five. Paul says, I thank my God upon remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with all joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul says that, Paul says that I am thankful. I thank God when I remember you. He's a missionary who's out there now. He says, I thank God when I remember you. He is extremely thankful for this church. And what is it that he is thankful for? He's grateful because they were partners. He speaks about, I'm, I'm, I pray for you with joy. And then he says, for your fellowship in the gospel. The fellowship in the gospel. He is thankful because they fellowship with him in sending the gospel on. The church is called to be in fellowship with our missionaries as they send the gospel on. We fellowship with them. We partner with them. We don't hear that the church here waited to see if Barnabas and Saul or Paul would be a success first. No. They did not wait for that. They just went and jumped into it because that's what God had called them to do. They did it in obedience. In our world today, we wait for states to see, let's see statistics, what it looks like. Did, did they achieve or did they not? God is not worried about that. God wants us to be in obedience, just like the church then. We don't hear that they were waiting. We hear that they sent them and they supported them and they partnered with them to a point where Paul calls it a fellowship. So they fellowship with them. And one other way that we fellowship here at Broadway and how the church then fellowshiped is found in Philippians chapter 2, 19 through 30. It reads as follows. But I trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to send Timothy to you shortly, that you may be encouraged. Sorry, that, so that, that I'm also I may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like him who sincerely cares for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. But you know his proven character as a son with his father served with me in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him once as soon as I see how it goes with me. 
But I trust in the Lord that I myself will come also shortly. Yet I consider it necessary to send you Ephroditus, my brother, a fellow worker, a fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need. Since he was longing for you all and distressed because you have heard he was sick. For indeed he was sick almost unto death, but God had mercy on him, not only on him but also on me, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore I send him more eagerly that you will see him again and you will rejoice and I may be less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with gladness and hold such men in esteem because of the work that they have done for Christ coming close to death, not regarding his life to supply what was lacking in your service towards me. So we see two things here. The first one, Paul as a missionary sends Timothy to come and tell the church and give the report back of what is happening in the field. So when we do those go moments, we, just not, we are not just going with them. It's biblical. We are saying this is what is happening in the field. These are the needs. These are the prayers. These are the, these are the joys or the wins that they have had. And we continue to praise God. He says when, you receive, when we receive information about each other, there is joy that happens. The joy is complete. And I want to encourage us. That is, we hear, as we watch that board there and see our missionaries, they should be joy when we see what God is doing. They should be joy. God is at work in the world. We don't see it because we don't look for it. Somebody said to me this morning, God is at work in the mission world so much that it's easier for us now, today, with all the technology we have, to know what is happening on the ground within a few minutes. Within a few seconds. And the church here did not have that opportunity. But then Timothy is sent to go and give them a report back. And then the second part that we see here is this brother Ephroditus. He's got these names that he's given. Paul calls him my brother, my fellow worker, and my fellow soldier, and your messenger. Ephrodites for me feels like somebody who is sent for short-term missions to go and encourage a missionary. His, his job is sent, is being sent. It's not that he's going to be a missionary. He's being sent. Like what we do when we send people to go to um, Sherry and go help Sherry with um, um, the, the native um, Indian reservations area. Or we send missionaries to Hungary or whatever. When we send those, that group that goes as short-term missionaries, that's exactly what Ephroditus was doing. Being sent by the church to go and do those things. Paul speaks to him. Then in turn, Paul speaks about Ephroditus as a brother. That's a relationship. There is a relationship there. It's not just send. It's very easy in our culture to send our money. It's very easy in our culture to send our check because that helps us feel like we can wash our hands. But here we see Ephrodite is coming in as a brother, is a relationship. And I want to encourage you. 
How many of our missionaries, even if just one that you have a relationship with, we've sent them. How many of them do we have personal? It doesn't need to be very personal, but at least I've sent them a letter of encouragement. I've sent my Ephroditus to them. And then he calls him a fellow worker. That is a work that shows that there was a work to be done, and Ephrodite got there and pulled up his sleeves, and he was in in work. I remember there is a year that Broadway sent um, Jack Benjamin and Gary Hall to South Africa when my parents in law were at Tin Missions with South Africa. I have never seen two men that worked so hard like those guys. They got there and they pulled their sleeves up. They were fixing roofs. They were helping people move. They even helped me move. They were, doing, they were doing everything that their hands found to do to make life easy for Karen and Jason. They were fellow workers. They did not just go there and supervise and say, yeah, we'll take a report back to the church and fold their hands. No, they got there and they got their hands dirty. When our young people went to Thailand to wreak and pet to the Harrises, they did not get there and have the great time of life. I know most of you saw the pictures of them on the boat and all those things and thought, hey, they're having life of time of their life. Yes, they did, but also they worked very hard. They scraped walls in very hot conditions and painted, and some experienced having paint almost all over their bodies as they painted and in the heat and did what they were called to do and did it so well. That the missionary, um, I don't know what the lady, um, I don't remember her name, but she was the, the head of the missionary board at that time there in Thailand, where she came and she said, I have never seen students like this who are willing to work so hard. So when, when they are sent out, when these short-term missionaries are sent out, they are sent out so they can roll up their sleeves and be at work. And we see that with this brother. And then he, he says to him, a fellow soldier that speaks of a battle, standing arm in arm in battle. We can be fellow soldiers from here for our brothers and sisters who are in the field. We stand arm in arm with them. And when we send even short-term uh, groups, I remember how much we prayed. How much we prayed for, for the heresies when we got there as students. I remember how much Gary um, and Jack spent time praying for Karen and Jason. I remember when I went with the South Africa team as well, McKenna was part of that team, we spent time praying Tanya was part of the team. We spent time praying for Jason and Karen because that's what we are called to do. And I want to encourage us. It doesn't stop when we come back from our short-term missions field. It needs to continue as we are here. We are fellow soldiers. We are in a battle, and we are fellow soldiers. And then lastly, he says, he is your messenger, the one whom you sent to minister to my needs. When we go, when, you, when we send a short-term missions trip, we are sending messengers to go and minister. They are carrying our prayers. They are carrying our hearts. They are carrying all that we have, and we are sending them to go and help those missionaries and be with them. And those missionaries know by us sending them that there we are, we're laying a hand on their shoulder and saying, we are here with you. 
And so we see that in the New Testament. It's not something that is new. It's something that has happened in the New Testament over and over again. He was not only sent as a messenger, but also a personal attendant to Paul. And I wonder if being sick made him feel like he did not do his job, because it tells us later that he got sick and to the point of death. But God was not worried about that, and Paul doesn't seem to be worried about that some of the things that he had said did not happen. Sometimes people go in missions field and they get sick. It's fine. It's normal. I remember when we went to Arizona with the uh, youth. I don't know what happened one night, but the following day, Aaron Strasley was puking all over. He was sick as a dog. But that did not stop the mission That did not stop us from doing what God had called us to do. The heresies led us so well, it did not stop it. We looked at it as, this: the enemy is doing this, and we'll pray for Aaron, and we'll do what we can to look after him. I was actually in charge of looking after him, and I was like, oh man, I'm going to be the puke guy. I don't know, yeah. He came home and he told his mom that I puked so many times on Sims, and that was true. (laughs) He was my, I was the nurse. But I'm saying that that happened, and it's fine, it happens. And we see it even here in the New Testament. It's a small thing. But the enemy uses those kind of things to discourage us. Do not be discouraged. God is faithful. God is faithful. He's at work. And we see him here at work. That even after this sickness that was close to death, he comes back and he's alive and well. And God is praised and glorified through it. And it's even included in scripture for us. Our service should not be lacking as we serve our missionaries, as we encourage them, as we walk with them. And then the last part, which I did not put up on the screens, is Acts chapter 21, verse 8 to 10. We read that the other week um, when we're talking about Philip, my guy. Um, Acts chapter 21, 8 to 10, it says, And the next day we that were of Paul's company departed and came to Caesarea, we entered into a house of Philip, the evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. And then the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy, and we tarried there many days. The fourth thing is that the church is hospitable. The church is hospitable to missionaries when they come home. We are to be hospitable to them when they come to visit. They tarried there for so many days. They stayed there for many days. The church is called to be hospitable. To open our doors when our brothers and sisters who are missionaries come home to rest or they are passing by, we are called to open our doors. Encourage them. And most of them, we know that they have sold their homes to go. They've gotten really nowhere to go when they come here except their family. But we are the biggest family because we partnered with the Holy Spirit to send them. We partnered in the Holy Spirit to confirm their sin and to send them. Therefore, we have got more responsibility in looking after them. So I want to encourage us, Broadway, as our missionaries come for the summer or whatever time, our, our doors need to be open. Our doors need to be open. 
So what do we see here? Four things. Number one, the church confirms the call. We confirm the call and we send the missionaries. Number two, we are, fe- we are in fellowship with them. We are core soldiers and workers with them. Number three, we send encouragement to them. Whether by short-term missions or whatever, we send encouragement to them. And lastly, we are hospitable to the missionaries. That's what the church did. That's what we need to be doing.